Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello and welcome to our Leader in Highlight series, and today we are very excited to have a special guest with us, Kimberly Appleton from On Semi. Kimberly, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Jackie. It's a pleasure. All right. So I'll just turn it over to you to explain what your position is at On Semi and what that entails. Sure. Um, I'm the Senior Vice President of Global Sales Operations, as well as EMSI Sales Organization. Part of that incorporates global customer service, the corporate pricing team, the sales business operations function, as well as responsibility for the EMSI sales. EMSI is the electronic manufacturing services industry, your flex, your Jable. So help me understand, Kimberly, on your daily uh, life when you're um, in the office, are you running operations? Are you motivating sales? Are you leading teams? Like, Tell me what, what your actual day-to-day operations are. I'm responsible for everything under the sales operations umbrella, which is from sales force sizing to sales training to managing the sales process in terms of the sales business reporting, the revenue reporting, customer service, the corporate pricing functions, all the customer facing activities. And yes, I also, in addition to that, I have sales responsibility over the EMSI portion of our business. I have so much to talk to you about today. I just feel like um, it's a quick 15-minute interview that I wish could last for a day because I have so many things to talk to you about. But one of the things is I'm so interested um, to have you here today because you started your career as an engineer. You've got an engineering degree. You've got a business degree. So let's start talking about that first. Okay. Um, gosh, I didn't even under, even know what was going on in the semiconductor industry growing up, but um, I knew I was good at math, and so I decided that a, my a logical path would be to get an engineering degree. Halfway through um, my engineering uh, uh, curriculum, it dawned on me that there were engineering classes, and it was at that point that my one girlfriend and I, going through our curriculum together, decided, hey, we wanted to have more people that were a little bit more like us in our classes. Um, so we decided to get a business degree, um, a business minor at the same time. Um, we thought that would really, really help round us out. So kind of an, an early, early indication of maybe changing up, up our careers. Hmm. Well, I think for, you wouldn't have known it then, but what a smart move that was because what a golden ticket in our industry to be an engineer. Yay. It's pretty amazing. So it's pretty telling of you just as a person, just to have that insight um, initially in, in your career, but how did that lead you into your next steps? Like, how did you fall into the electronic component industry? What led you to be here? To- you know, I would, <laughs> it's, it's a horrible answer, but I think it was just a fluke. IBM happened to be heavily recruiting on campus. They were very interested in female engineers, and I took a job with IBM right out of school and really loved, you know, 28 year, years later, here I am still in the semiconductor industry. But I will say in terms of that journey, if I look back at what got me you know, on the path I am today, it's really going after and volunteering to be on high impact projects. I recognized which projects could have a significant business impact. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to round out my st- skill set. So taking jobs and other functions, um, I've always, I guess I would say more of a jack of all trades at this point. Um, but being able to notice what those high impact positions were and um, having good mentors and coaches along the way to kind of help you, you know, guide you on your path. So, well, having said that, 
the position you're in right now, maybe we can talk about that for a minute. So you've had a career journey. You started as an engineer, got your business degree, fell into the industry, started working different positions. Now in the position you are now, is a, it's a pretty high-level position. It's a big responsibility. Can you just describe what does that position entail? And then why on semi? What after all these years in the industry. So why this company? Okay, sure. Um, So under global sales operations, there's multiple functions. So we have all customer service globally. Um, Also have a corporate pricing team, which is pretty unusual for um, to be under the sales organization, um, but does all of our contract pricing negotiation, which from a business impact really helps us have some influence um, on margins for the company. Um, We do all the traditional sales operations, so commission plans, sales tools, process, all the B2B connectivity. And then the EMSI sales was a recent addition to my responsibility, and that is your flex, your jables, your contract manufacturers, and ODM partners globally um, driving the sales um, as they start to do more, have influence on that design activity. Um, So in terms of why on semiconductor, um, on semiconductor was very attractive to me when I joined about six and a half years ago just in terms of where they were going in the industry. They, they were really at a critical inflection point, I thought, in terms of their acquisition strategy, of really reinventing themselves from a standard process, um, a standard products company, um, into now they have a huge intelligent sensing group, um, all of the industrial products, um, the, the number one supplier in automotive. So there are areas that I was really passionate about. Um, but also their mission statement of driving energy-efficient semiconductors um, that make the world safer, greener, inclusive, and connected. Um, They really have a mantra and a charter um, to make people's lives better, and so that was something that really connected to me personally. And I've seen them not only drive innovation outwardly with their products, but in terms of reinventing themselves internally over the last six years, um, the embracing of the diversity and inclusion initiatives in terms of all of the, the different programs that they've implemented, um, they're continually trying to be more balanced and, and, a, and a better employer. And that's just, that, re- that really resonates with me. Well, that leads us to, we, we have several things that I would love to talk to you about, but since university aspect, maybe we'll just kind of go to that real quick. And maybe if you can just describe what are some of the diversity programs um, that your company have implemented? How have you been involved with that? Um, how have you seen it be different over the years? And how do you think it's impacted the company? Okay, yeah, great question, great question. And when I joined six and a half years ago, there really wasn't a diversity and inclusion um, program or dedicated resources. And just with my background and having been exposed to women's leadership programs, and being at that age and the level where I really wanted to try to pay it forward and to help other young women, you know, kind of navigate their journey through their career path, I approached the other female VP at On Semiconductor. So at this point, there were two of us, and asked her if she'd be interested in kind of a bottoms-up grassroots creating a uh, women's and leader, women in leadership program, um, really focused on developing the business. Um, strategic financial acumen skills. We really wanted our charter to be specific around how do we address the skill gap uh, for women coming up the ranks. And um, I had amazing support from our executive team. Fast forward six years, we now have six or seven, I think, diversity and inclusion groups. We have a dedicated organization under HR 
for diversity and inclusion. Um, we have diversity metrics as part of our corporate bonus plan. So talk about you know having the executive team's full support. We've changed over to flexible work schedules, flexible vacation policies, parental leave policies. These are all new things. And mm-hmm. kind of what I mentioned about the company reinventing itself for innovation, um, it's, it's really been impressive. Well, it's really interesting because I do feel that companies like OnSemi are probably leading forward to where we want to go. Um, a lot of companies don't have these programs already, but it'd be interesting to see how this affects the bottom line and how it affects the company culture. Um, at Women in Electronics, one of the interesting things is that we touch upon um, a lot is trying to get women to step up with the business acumen part of things as well, but also with separating emotions from how we present ourselves in, say, a boardroom. So we are... Um, We'd like to have a balance with our our sense of what we should do with, versus our emotions, and sometimes our passion kind of takes over. So, can you just describe, you know, what what are your thoughts on that as far as women knowing when they're in a situation where they're passionate about something? How do you contain that in a way that is presented? that can be sold in a business setting. Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. I think we've all faced that challenge. And I used to actually uh, tell people, uh, don't, ex- you know, don't confuse my passion for anger, um, but at some point in your career, you have to learn tools to actually um, listen more than you speak. You, you have to understand that people are going to interpret that sometimes as being emotional. And um, people tend to shine when they, start, you, they think you're being emotional. And I really believe that that is one of the huge uh, benefits of focusing on the business strategic financial. There's a piece of it about what we call the language of power is what we, um, we've taglined that. Um, stealing, it, stealing it from giving full credit to Susan Colantano uh, from the missing 33%. Highly recommend you listen to her TED Talk if you have mm-hmm. not. Um, but it's about using the right language to describe a problem um, in terms of business results. How is this impacting the bottom line? How is this impacting productivity? How is this impacting growth or the customer? And if you really take anything that you're emotional about that you don't like in a work setting, if you really think through it, you you can articulate it in a way that ties to the business careabouts. And I think that's just a skill that more women need to, to learn how to develop. Well, I think that's an excellent point. And, you know, piggybacking off of that, too, we've had prior discussions. Uh, this is one of my areas um, in our industry. I see a big gap is you, you're an engineer, but you're also got into a sales type of role, right? So how is it that a lot of our engineers are also making that step into sales type of roles? Are you seeing that that's a fluid process? Um, what what are our obstacles in the industry in that regard? No, that's a great point. Um, in fact, it's not even just sales. If I look across the, or, the uh, entire industry, most of the leadership came from an engineering background, right? If you look at all levels of our business units, um, even sales in some instances, or our CEOs. And one of the, the big transitions that I think is very difficult is the transition from an engineer to a manager to a leader. Um, I personally had to, you know, struggled with that because I was so head down and focused on solving a problem and execution oriented that you tend to blow through stop signs. And unfortunately, those stop signs happen to be bringing other people along, collaborating with other organizations. Um, And it's not done intentionally, but it is something that needs to be recognized and people need to be able to be self-aware and understand. Um, We all have our blind spots. um, And I think being able to provide feedback, being able to receive the feedback and understanding that being a people leader 
is not about being right. It's about getting things done um, um, for the business. So um, not everyone can make the transition, but I think if people are self, more self-aware, um, it really helps them with that, with that transition. Well, I think you hit on exactly what we're trying to develop with women in electronics is the self-awareness, not just for ourselves, but as we're managing and leading other people to help them as well. Because that personal development is brought into the professional environment. So that is such a good point. And then earlier you had touched on mentorship. This is a big part of what we're trying to do um, in our industry is connect an industry because we have so many, as we know, senior leaders that are, are amazing, but they're leaving us in the next, say, five years, 10 years. And how are we going to bottle all that knowledge and expertise um, it's almost like you can't replace it. So we're, we're hoping to try to attract more youth into our industry so we can start transferring some of this down. But so you mentioned mentorship. Just let us know a little bit about who mentored you, how important was it, what are your thoughts on mentorship, and how do we address this industry issue? So I'd like to go back to my comments about around business, strategic, and financial acumen. Um, a lot of traditional um, HR training organizations don't necessarily address those um, head-on. And so mentorship is a way that um, many um, of our male colleagues, just informal mentoring, um, just conversations that they have. If you, if you look around you, you'll see those conversations tend to lean more towards business. And so women tend to miss out on that, um, the, the getting that business uh, mentoring aspect. You know, how does a board think? What does the, the executive's team care about? You know, why are we making that decision? Um, that, that business background. Um, yeah. The problem with mentoring uh, is that there are a series of pitfalls that women tend to fall into. And a lot of them are related to the way that men and women build trusting relationships. And women, um, this is being, a, you know, this gonna sound very stereotypical, but this research actually backs it up. Women tend to build trusting relationships by oversharing um, shared um, events, uh, you know, their children, um, maybe sometimes even shared complaints. Um, you know, we've, we've all um, heard that and seen that go on. Um, whereas men tend to only overshare with their partners. And their, the way that they build trusting relationships is more of a code of conduct for disagreements and always having somebody's back. And so right there you're already creating this this awkward scenario so i think just having addressing those those you know differences mm -hmm. and people being aware of those will really help us create mentoring relationships that that really do address the gaps in some of the the, the disciplines well that's a very good point and you know we have a couple more questions we can ask here so i'd like to maybe ask you having had this discussion what obstacles, aside from some of the things we've mentioned, have you had obstacles in your career that you've had to overcome? And what advice would you have to say the next leaders coming up that, you know, it's a complicated industry, it's a complicated time. What maybe things have worked that, that you could relay to them? What hasn't worked? And just what would your advice be? Um, in terms of obstacles, I think I already mentioned it. The biggest obstacle for me was the transition from being an individual contributor, especially an engineer with very logic thinking, um, into a leadership where you have to stand back and let somebody else make the decision and you just coach and guide um, and provide more strategy, right? The vision of the direction that the company is moving in. And in terms of tools um, to use as people move up their careers, I would say find a trusted person that you can bounce ideas off of. You, you can't be the person who knows everything. You, mm -hmm. you can't solve a problem in a bubble. You have to reach across organizational boundaries. You have to find trusted people. 
um, bounce your ideas off of, and you have to be able to take feedback. You know, I've had a, had a wonderful mentor and is now a friend that uh, always told me feedback is a gift, and then there's three sides to every story. What they say happened, what they say happened, and then what really happened. And your job is never to react to the first person who comes to you with bad news. And if you think about it, the first person who, who gets to your, you know, your boss or to the executive with a problem um, tends to get the mind share. But if we all approach that as, okay, that's not necessarily the full story, um, I, I think that creates a level of patience um, in us as leaders. And I think that's a really important characteristic is never to really believe, you know, always keep digging and focus on facts, right? Get the emotion out of it. Facts are your friends. Um, be a data-driven company and make business-related decisions based on, on data and facts. I think that's an excellent point. I think that one of our obstacles as women is the emotions. And, and it's good in a sense that we're passionate, but sometimes that emotion, emotional component drives us or maybe has us move forward and react in a way that we probably could hold back, look at the facts, and then react. So it's such a good point. But I also wanted to ask you, because as a woman in a business setting in this type of position that you have, how have you maintained some type of work-life balance? Like we hear this term and we all hate it, but um, it's really, that's a, a big talking point is, is that work-life balance issue, or people call it work-life integration. What are your thoughts on that and, and what drives you and what's kept you motivated to, to keep succeeding? Um, a lot of opinions on this topic could go on forever. Um, first of all, I think the I'm hoping to interpret the work-life balance as really more of le- leveling the playing field, right, with some of the flexible, flexible work options, um, because both genders do face different sets of challenges and problems, you know, whether it's child care, um, adult um, aging parent care, uh, just, you know, children's uh, extracurricular activities. So the flexibility in order to navigate those throughout your career. So I think it's more like leveling the playing field. Um, But to me, balance is is a choice, right? We've all tipped one way or the other at one one point in our career. Um, I had to look myself in the mirror at one point and think, I need to learn how to be present when I'm present. When I'm at home, I can't be trying to do work email. When I'm at work, I can't be trying to take personal phone calls. So for me, it was drawing boundaries and really trying to be present where I was present. Um, But for people to think that you ever going to be in an executive level position and not make sacrifices, um, I think that's really naive. Um, So you... Every CEO, every executive that I know has made significant sacrifices in their in their career, in their personal life, whether it's moving their family to China against their, you know, their their spouse's wishes. Um, I moved away from my family for three and a half years to um, to take a, a you know career jump. Um, so we've all made personal sacrifices, but I do think that there is a decision to be made in how you prioritize in terms of work life balance of what it means to you and what what. what you know how, how that you interpret that and make what decisions you make. But the one thing I would like to th- hear, and this is my hope for the industry, is that it stops being the first question that women ask at event. I, I, across my career, there's always one person who raises their hand and asks that question. And I personally feel like if that's the only the burning question for women, that it does us all a disservice. That. We, we're not asking a business-related question. We're not asking how do we be cleaner, better, faster. How do we learn those skills that allow us to, you know, climb the ladder? We're always asking about work-life balance, and it, I think it just disproportionately shows a priority that is is, is not not good reflection on women in general. 
So I think that's an excellent point because I think as we are all navigating our lives, we actually have to make a plan and we have to know what our priorities are. And is your business life your priority? What is your priority? Is it your family life? I think what's happening is women do want that. They, they want both. But I think what you're saying and the point is very clear and it's very true. There are sacrifices to be made. And I think a lot of times we want to kind of get around that. But really, there's times in your life, you said it so perfectly the other day when we were having a discussion, is like, can you have it all in life? Well, you can, but just not at all at the same time. So there's times in your life you're more focused on your business, and there's other times in your life maybe you're pulled back a little bit more. But we all reap the rewards or the consequences of all of our own decisions. So that's an individual decision to be made. So finally, to wrap it up, we have one more question. I just wanted to ask you now that you and I have been in contact, so glad we've made this connection. What are your thoughts about an organization, say like Women in Electronics, and where our industry is right now with diversity and inclusion? What, What do you think are the benefits or what are your thoughts on that moving forward? Um, A couple thoughts there. Uh, One is the value of being inclusive. Uh, I think men and women, it's not not a women's problem, it's not a men's problem, it's how we work together and understanding each other's viewpoints and concerns and frame of reference is is critical. And I will say it on Semiconductor that the involvement of our um, male population has been astounding and it's made a big difference because they understand some of the perspective, and it's just been super healthy overall. So I, I really hope that that gets driven, that there, it, it can't be starting a women's group is going to be, you know, we'll counteract the men's groups that exist. It's, it's not. It's about how do we work together to harness the diversity of thought in order to drive better business results. Um, I also look to these you know, larger organizations to kind of keep the focus narrow in terms of how do we focus on the skill sets that either are real or perceived because it's not that women don't have business acumen it's just as we talked about before sometimes we don't use the right language to to identify that um, i have a great example of when i would run into one of our executives i would always you know ask them about you know hey i didn't see you at the gym this morning or did I have something social and going through this, I had to look in the mirror and think, oh, my gosh, I interact with this senior executive, and I don't use that opportunity to demonstrate that I know what the inventory position is, that we're, how we're going to close the quarter. I know these things. So I think just an awareness of how we present ourselves um, and the perception and be able to demonstrate our business strategic and financial acumen or to develop it if we don't have that. I really would look to those larger organizations to kind of keep us focused on that and away from some of the you know more emotional issues. Well, I appreciate that. Your points are very well received. We are talking about that a lot at Women in Electronics as far as the business acumen development. Um, and then also the unity message that you just described is super important because what we're trying to do is unite an industry, men and women coming together. And, and it's the diversity of the inclusive inclusive thought and the decisions that can be made as a result of both coming together. So it's not one against the other. It's the unity that we're striving for. Obviously, you're striving for. This has been an excellent interview. I've been so blessed to have you here um, to meet you and to have you here with us today. Any final thoughts before we go? No, I guess my one parting thought would be, I just hope we can continue to attract 
uh, more young talent to the semiconductor industry. It's not super glamorous, right? It's hard to compete with a Google or a Facebook. Um, but I think we've come a long way, and I think those large organizations to really encourage the younger generation, male or female, to get into high tech, right? You can do so much more with an engineering degree than, you know, than the technical side. So just that just, uh, problem solving is, is really important to our industry. So please don't be, don't be shy to get involved. Well, with companies like OnSemi, I think that we will start attracting attracting more youth uh, because of the programs and the open-mindedness. But thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. And uh, have a blessed day. Thanks, Jackie. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.